It is Thursday, the is it the twentieth day of January two thousand and twenty-two. Uh, thankfully, the COVID has left uh, the Lapointe compound, the Palacio da Transmissão. Joe's trying to say broadcast palace in Portuguese. I'm trying to learn Portuguese. It's not good. I have fucking Spanish on the brain. I don't speak Spanish. I just took about 85 years of Spanish in school, so it's stuck in my head. It's driving me nuts. I don't like it. Anyway, so we're all back to uh, some form of normality around here, which is nice. Uh, aside from that, it was an absolutely ghastly sports weekend for your boy. Uh, Patriots, West Ham, Cowboys throw in that Bruins disaster on Tuesday for a good measure of measure, measure for good measure if you're feeling saucy. Uh, just not good all around. I picked an absolute terrible time to not drink uh, because this would be a somewhat reasonable and valid reason to drown my supposed sorrows. So it's still dry. Uh, three weeks into dry January and not a drop. Very excited. Very happy. Um, you know, we'll see how that goes. But, I, you know, I, I can't get that beat up over sports that much anymore. I've learned that it's all it's all very fleeting and something else will come along to brighten the day soon enough. I mean, seriously, that's that's how it goes. I've, I've learned to kind of compartmentalize sports. You know what I mean? Um, I could kind of see the Patriots losing. I didn't see them getting waxed like they did. I mean, they got fucking... They got crushed. That defense did not show up. So there was there's some serious shit going on in that locker room. I don't know exactly what it is. I have my theories. They're all boring. So I'm not going to share them. But I think it has to do with the coach's son. Um, so I was fair. I was over that fairly quickly. Uh, the Cowboys were just going to be, you know, like every other postseason Cowboys team in the last 25 years. So a fluky ending was literally the only way that was going to go. Either they were going to pull something out of their asshole and win that game, or they were going to lose in the dumb fashion in which they lost the game. Just pathetically stupid. I've been a Cowboys fan my entire life. Uh, before I was a Patriots fan, I was a Cowboys fan. I grew up a Cowboys fan. My father jumped on the bandwagon in the 70s. I think I've told this story before, but... Uh, so, you know, it's just, it's there. It's one of those things that's been there. And I've, over the course of the last 25 years, post-Super Bowl dynasty, right, you kind of get an idea of, of how each and every season is going to go. It's a fucking roller coaster ride. I don't like roller coasters, so it's annoying. But, you know, this was a good team. Unfortunately, the coach, as I've mentioned, I know I've mentioned on the show, Mike McCarthy is a fucking buffoon and so he did not have that team ready the two coordinators i'm not sure are, are at all competent i realized that kellen moore the offensive coordinator looks like fucking butthead so that had me laughing hysterically every time the camera was on him but uh yeah so that's that's that uh west ham though yeah they should have at least drawn a point i think i was more upset about that than anything else so, you know, cue the oh, soccer sucks crowd. I'm talking to you, Matt. Every time I talk about soccer, feels the need to tell me that he doesn't like it. As if I'm going to be surprised. Oh, well, moving on. That's all right here, right now on Complaints and Observations. Still the most less than average podcast on the internet. With a host who's the smartest person in the room. When he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity. Guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations. With Dave LaPointe.
Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. I could listen to Aaron Rodgers call somebody a bum 18,000 times. I've mentioned this now 18,000 times. I just, I just find it so funny. I don't, every time I hear it, I laugh. It's terrible. Um, thank you very much for joining the program. It's appreciated as always. Um, last week's show, I liked. Thought it was good. Thought it was well thought out. Uh, a departure from the usual crap. So it was slightly less shitty than usual, I guess. I don't know. Uh, today, not nearly as prepared. Handful of things to talk about. Um... The usual three gripes, uh, petty bullshit uh, that you've come to know and love. No voicemails again this week. I put out the uh, uh, bat signal today via the Instagram, and uh, I got nothing. Um, the Twitter, I haven't done anything on Twitter because I've just been uh, fighting with the Carolina Hurricanes fans for the last day or so, um, which, you know, Twitter's funny. It's always, it's always a cesspool. And in this particular instance, it's just a bunch of um, people that that you know can't find funny in dumb Twitter shit. I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass. What can you do? But I wanted to talk briefly, very briefly, because it it it's uh it's still very annoying. But this. This case with the little girl, um, Harmony Montgomery, up in New Hampshire. Uh, the governor of New Hampshire, Chris Sununu, son of uh, John Sununu, who I think was Secretary of State under Bush, I think. I didn't bother to look that up. I'm going to do that right now, in the middle of the show. Oh, nope, sorry. White House Chief of Staff to George Bush. Did you know that... Wow, John Sununu was born in Havana. Hmm, how about that? Interesting. Anyways, his son, Chris, um, you know, also uh, a former, well, John was a former um, governor of New Hampshire, as is uh, his son, Chris. So nepotism abound in New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire is a fucking, I don't know. I find New Hampshire more and more annoying as the days go by. What can I do? Um, but anyways, Chris Sununu penned a letter to the uh, Chief Justice of the Massachusetts Superior uh, Court, which, you know, I'm sorry, Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court was the uh, actual title. For some reason, he sent her a letter as if she was going to be able to do anything. And he's basically shitting all over the state of Massachusetts, which is very funny because, um, you know, it's as if this is a one-way street. The points that he made are all valid, uh, but I just think he's barking up the wrong tree. He probably should have sent the same letter to uh, to two people, whoever is in charge of the New Hampshire, um, you know, DCF and to uh, the Massachusetts DCF. That's what he should have done, but he didn't. He chose to make it a bigger deal because he wants to be, you know, a tough guy, and New Hampshire guy. Um, <clears throat> and it, the, the, the best part about it is that this girl's uncle fucking called him out and said, look, uh, this is bullshit. All he's trying to do is pass the buck. I mean, it, it, you know, the blame is on both sides of the road here, but, you know, it, it'll never happen. That'll, it'll never... The, You'll never get to the point where both admit they were wrong, okay? And that's the part that pisses me off because we're not talking about some just rando, you know, incident, okay? We're talking about a little girl who's most likely dead because her father's most likely a scumbag. And, uh, you know, that's how it is. So I find it annoying I will always find it annoying. Every in, in my wife is in the same boat. She says uh, every time she sees the little girl's picture, she wants to cry. And every time I see her picture, it makes me mad. Like it literally makes me angry. And it's a feeling that I'm not entirely used to. And it's it's um, 
you know, for me, it's different. As I mentioned on the last show, how you know, the way that I feel about children. Uh, but at the same time, <clears throat> you know, I'm not a monster. Uh, and, and in this particular instance, like, it's just so fucking sad. Like I said, this girl didn't have a fucking chance. From the second she was born, that was it. She had no shot. And it sucks. All right, that's it. I don't, I don't want to talk about that anymore. I have other stuff to talk about. So kind of going back to, to Twitter. Um, Twitter's, and again, I've, I've, talk, I've talked about Twitter multiple times, and I, how much I enjoy it and hate it at the same time. Um, it is such a very small um, representation of the general population. Something like 20%. 20% of uh, of the population, the United States population, uses Twitter. Of which, of that 20%, it's something like 60% are what they call active daily users. So the amount of people that are actually looking at Twitter on a daily basis is fairly small. Um, yet, you know, the, the, that community tends to be, I don't want to say loud, that's not the right word, but boisterous. So... It's, I, f I find it to be very interesting. Um, and one of the things that, that's come up recently, more so than, than before, are the people who like to tweet um, about how they don't like sports and how they find sports to be dumb. You know, if something serious in, in sport or serious, quote-unquote, in sports happens, you always have the people who will chime in in the comments, you know, some, some uppity douche. Saying, well, well, yeah, uh, sports ball and sports this and, oh boy, sports are stupid. It's like, okay, yeah, no shit, it's dumb. It's a pastime. That's the whole point. It's a business now. Um, not like it used to be where it was legitimately a pastime. It was something to keep yourself entertained and, um, and whatnot. But, you know, the, the people who like to fucking think that they are uh, better than sports fans or better than people who enjoy sports sitting up in their ivory tower and, and, and trying to, to, to be somewhat righteous. In fact, well, I don't spend my time watching sports. Instead, I sit around reading books and doing serious studies or taking nature walks. I mean, that's, I'm, I made that part up, but typically... Now, see, I was about to say something else, and I'm glad that I didn't. I bit my tongue. I shouldn't. It's my show. But it was a dick thing to think. Or, you know, it's a, it was a dick thing for me to almost say. I'm glad I didn't say it. But, you know, when you look at the Twitter bio of some of these people, and you can you kind of get the idea of, of where they're coming from, right? Uh, very self-serious, uh, very... Uh, very self-important. That was the word I was going to was going to use. Um, very self-important. Very. Uh, what else am I looking for? I don't know. Something. Very something. <laughs> very. They're very something. It's just that you know I I can't stand the. It kind of goes back to what I said about, you know, the soccer sucks crowd and how every time I talk about soccer, my buddy Matt likes to remind me how much he doesn't like it. It's like, okay, so, like, that's fine. I, your point's been made. I get it. Uh, let's let's move on. But, like, you know, these the, the anti-sports people like to remind people uh, anytime a, a serious sports discussion comes up that sports are dumb. It's like, well, yeah. Most people that enjoy sports know how you know, fucking stupid sports really are, right? I would assume, because they're not important at all. Unless you're, unless you have a vested interest, uh, you work for the team, you own the team, you're a player. Um, I, I don't want to even say like a gambler, because I, I don't think that's a vested interest. I think that's a side interest. It's Well, okay, fine. Technically, it's a vested interest, but Unless you're a degenerate, it's not super important, right? But boy, it just it it's one of those it just pisses me off. Like, who the fuck are you? Who are you to judge me for what I enjoy, right? 
don't do that. It stinks. It's yeah, it stinks. And I thought I had more on that, but apparently I don't. <laughs> See what I mean? Wholly unprepared for today. Just not good. Um, if you've managed to get this far, what am I? 15 minutes into the show? I, I would say that 15 minutes is probably the most I could expect anybody to actually listen to this, right? And boy, I'm trying. <laughs> Trying to get more ears to this thing. Why? I don't fucking know. Who the fuck knows? Okay, so this is more of a long-winded gripe, all right? But not... I guess I needed more than just putting it into, into three gripes, mainly because I had three others, and uh, this one stuck out. And so I, I wanted to give this one a little bit more rope. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. So um, back in the day, well, back in the day, I say back in the day, it was a little less than a year ago. That's not back in the day, Dave. What is the time frame for back in the day? Hmm? What do you think? Five plus years? Would that be considered back in the day? That's a fair question, right? Ooh, I like that. I may have to pose that to the general audience and find out. Give me a time frame for back in the day. Let me write that down so I don't forget it. What is the time frame for... Back in the day. Only a handful of people will get that vocal reference. It's a terrible song by a good band. Anyways. <clears throat> so about last year. Yeah, I'd say, you know, nine months ago, right? <clears throat> um, I mentioned it on a podcast how I was um, looking for a, a contractor to do some work on what uh, has become the broadcast palace here. Uh, the uh, sheds, former shed space um, at the uh, LaPointe compound, the Spencer compound. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and so I had a handful come out and, and give me uh, quotes. I'm, I'm fairly certain I talked about the quoting process and um, you know, the, the people that came out and saw what was entailed. And then one guy who gave me a quote of about $20,000 just because he clearly didn't want to do the job, which I didn't understand. I was like, buddy, we're talking a week's worth of work. What's the problem? Anyways, I settled upon somebody who uh, was, you know, somewhat reasonable. And, and honestly, it's my fault. I probably should have tried to get more quotes. I, I got three. Uh, this guy was uh, not the lowest, obviously not the highest. Uh, he was in the middle, which I thought would be the, the smart way to go. Um, you know, reasonably um, decent communication, uh, good history, so on and so forth. So him and his crew came out, they finished the job in about a week, and it was not, it was not ideal. Okay, now it wasn't cheap, it wasn't expensive, but it was enough money that, you know, I had hoped um, that a better job could have been done, right? Uh, my biggest issue is the floor in here, okay? I was under the impression that I had said to uh, the contractor, hey, you need to put, um, you know, some kind of subfloor to level this out, but it's not level. It's very wavy because there's no foundation here. It's basically on stilts, not stilts, but just planks. It's not, this was not built for its current use, okay? Um, it was built to put, to store pool shit, but fuck the pool. So I'm using it for a bar and an office. 
but you know, partially it was my fault. I, I should have stressed this to him, uh, you know, because even when I we walked and you know he pulls out the contract. Oh, there's nothing in the contract that says anything about a sub four. I'm like, dude, really? So you know, you knew what it was. You didn't say anything. You didn't say, hey, I can put on a sub four for X. You just threw the flooring uh, down on the wavy uh, fucking plywood that was already here. More or less, yes, that's what he did. So I was like, eh, fuck, all right. Mate. Thanks a lot, pal. I appreciate it. Whatever. Off he went. And here I am thinking, okay, I'll never have to deal with you again. I have been bombarded with emails from this guy. And they're probably auto-generated, okay? Asking me to review uh, his business. Now, not just asking me to review, but asking for a five-star review. I mean, how fucking pretentious can, can, can this get, okay? You're assuming that I'm going to give you a five-star review, before I've even thought about reviewing. And this is a very, if you've ever bought a car at a dealership, they all say the same thing. Uh, you're going to get an email or a phone call, and I need to get a five-star review. Have to get a five-star review. So that defeats the entire purpose of a review if you're telling me that I have to give you the highest value. It's supposed to be a reflection of your work, right? You're not supposed to be uh, telling me how I'm supposed to review you. You're not supposed to make suggestions. You're supposed to say, hey, uh, give me a review based on the work that I did for you. But this guy, you know, the automated fucking system keeps coming. And so one day I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. So I opened it up. <clears throat> And I clicked on the link. And the first thing, I, so I clicked, it's one of these things where it shows up and there's the box is right in the email. And it has the five stars. And when you click on one of the stars, no matter which one it is, it takes you to the review page. And it shows you however many stars you left. And then, the, you know, the cursor is in the box for you to actually write your review. So when I did that, went to the page, was on three stars. I'm like, ah, I don't really want to do this now. So I backed out and closed the window, closed the tab. Didn't think anything of it. Two days later, I get an email from the contractor. Hey, I just got a, a, a less than favorable review from you. And I'm kind of curious why. I'm like, well, you really, you didn't. And I told him, I said, look, I clicked on three stars. The tab came up. And uh, I, I wasn't feeling uh, how, you know, I wanted to verbalize what I wanted to verbalize. So I closed the tab. So, you know, I thought I wasn't leaving any review. But apparently all I left was three stars and that was that. So I'm like, oh, geez, okay, well, whatever. I felt kind of bad. Not really, but kind of. So I told him I, I, in my email, my reply to him, Look, you know, uh, I should have communicated better. It's my own fault. Uh, I'm using the space every day. Whatever. Um, thanks. See you later. Two minutes after I fucking sent it, I get another email. And he's like, well, what can I do to fix it? I've worked very hard for my five-star rating. And, and I'm like, wait, what? What? Maybe you worked very hard for your five-star rating. You've been sending your automated fucking emails asking for a five-star rating. How's that working hard for a five-star rating? You didn't give me five-star work. You gave me three and a half, three, maybe four-star work. And, you know, what am I going to do? Have you come out and do more work that I'm going to have to pay you for? That you probably should have done last year? No. So it makes no sense. And it kind of gives you an idea of how these review systems work, right? So when you know, you're looking at, at Yelp or at TripAdvisor or anything like that, it makes you wonder 
um, how authentic these things are. I'd venture a guess that, that most of them aren't authentic at all. Most of the time, it's people begging for uh, various levels of review, like this guy. wasn't happy about it. And, and look, I do feel kind of bad about it because, um, you know, a three-star review is probably not something that he wanted. But I mean, I, I didn't re I didn't leave a review. All I did was click a star and there, you know, off it went. So, you know, and, and of course I, I keep getting um, automated emails asking for reviews. But it just, you know, it, it's it's very, very disingenuous. It doesn't make any sense. Like, give me five-star work, and I'll give you a five-star review. Me, of all people, I mean, look, I will put in the effort to give you a quality review if it's warranted. I'm that kind of guy. I'm that kind of dumbass that I'm sending. I'm, I'm filling out reviews. I'm over-tipping. I'm that guy. But on the flip side, I mean, I'm not going to go out of my way uh, to publicly shame you, which is why I'm not going to, I will never mention the name of the company here, ever. Because it's, you know, it's not really, it's one-sided, right? Like, he's not here to give his uh, side of the story, so it's, it's, it's why I'll never say it. But it doesn't make any sense for you to go around begging for five-star review if you're not doing five-star work. They did fine work, fine, which is three or four stars, so maybe three and a half. And there was no option for a half star. So, yeah. That's a, a long-winded gripe, right? Hope you get the point. I hope you get what I'm saying here. I hope you feel me. If you don't, well, you know, I can't help you. And I'm sure if you own a business, it's a little different. If you own a business, then obviously you want that digital reputation, right? If you own the business, you're going to go out of your way to try to make sure that, uh, you know, word of mouth is positive. But to me, it's like, okay, what he should have been doing was following up with me two weeks, three weeks, a month later to say, hey, you know, how's your space? How's it going? Uh, you know, is, is there anything that's a problem? I know we talked about this and want to make sure that you're happy. And if not, we can fix it. Like that would have been fine. And then guess what he would have got? A five-star review. The problem is, I don't, you know, if you are putting so much faith in reviews that you find, in anonymous reviews you find online. If you're going to use that as your uh, final decision maker to hire somebody, then you're a fucking moron. Because nine, I don't even say nine times out of ten those things are, are not accurate, but either way, the negative ones are, are not accurate. The super positive ones are not accurate. It falls somewhere in between. Because you know if somebody's been wronged or feels that they've been wronged, they're going to exaggerate that. They're going to stretch it out. They're going to make their argument seem that much you know, bigger than it really is, right? That's what I think. That's. I don't think I'm wrong. <laughs> No, Dave, you're just an asshole. No, I'm not. Not an asshole. All right, one more thing before I get into three gripes. A um, friend of the show, Sarah, uh, sent me a tweet about um, the Portland Pickles mascot, which I believe is Dylan Pickle, something like that. Dylan T. Pickle. <laughs> the Portland Pickles of the uh, West Coast Baseball League. I mentioned 
uh, on the show previously my uh, affinity from uh, my time with the Plymouth Pilgrims of the New England Collegiate Baseball League, uh, Collegiate Summer Wooden Bat Baseball. Uh, fun for the whole family, good stuff. Um, Dylan T. Pickle. <laughs> they they did, you know, uh, what they called a you know a, uh, a Twitter takeover, um, and they let supposedly the the mascot Dylan uh, take over the uh, the the Twitter feed. And he posted a, a picture of of himself. It said new phone, who dis? And it was, you know, what uh, apparently was a very phallic looking photograph, um, which turned out to be a, a thumbs up, except you couldn't, the phone was pointed straight at his um, midsection, cut out his, his hand and his, his face face so it looks as if he's like showing his mascot cock his mascot that's terrible <laughs> his mascot <clears throat> which is funny and you know it, it's an absolute brilliant uh marketing uh scheme and the best part of it right is that they 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 copied multiple different people uh, in the uh, in the tweet, right? We see Stakem, which is a big uh, Twitter feed. If you if you if you're on Twitter and you don't follow Stakem, you're uh, you're missing out. For some reason, Skittles, which I didn't know was a thing, uh, uh, Bush's baked beans. And then, then a bunch of like phallic uh, sounding people, okay? Like Senator Scott Wiener of California, Oscar Meyer Wieners, Corn Nuts, somebody named Justin Dick Meyer. <laughs> um, somebody who's a, apparently a writer. Uh, he was copied, uh, and then the Chargers beat writer for for the Athletic, Dan Popper. Uh, oh, and Manscaped. Don't forget Manscaped. So, anyways, it was a perfect, perfect uh, Twitter marketing thing. Seventy thousand likes. Uh, you know, just constant, constant. Uh, a whole probably two days. Of free advertising for the fucking Portland Portland Pickles, who don't even start their season until June. Like honestly, how beautiful is that? It's just, it's so wonderful. Like they must have sold a fucking shit ton of merch. They probably sold some tickets. They may have even gotten a sponsorship or two out of it. It's just amazing. And it, it's it's the the best part of, uh, of this type of baseball, and it's unfortunate that you know I had ideas when I worked for the team that obviously not showing a mascot, but um, you know the whole idea is to go viral. You you want that because it's free, and these these people are just fucking brilliant, just flat out genius. I mean, they did. Mascot is a goddamn pickle. Like, you know, and they've got all kinds of weird shit happening. And then, oh, this baseball. It's, it's honestly, it's the best part of this type of, uh, of setting. Is that the baseball is almost secondary, but it's decent enough to get, you know, the, the stodgy baseball fans to come out. Right? But I loved it. I, I honestly could not have loved it any more than, than I did. And when she showed me, when Sarah sent that in, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is incredible. It's incredible. 
just makes me miss um, my summers in Plymouth even more. And, and, you know, we did. There's a reason that the team isn't there anymore, mainly because the people in Plymouth really couldn't get behind it. Um, but, I mean, the, the marketing engine behind it wasn't there, right? It was it was a very uh, stodgy baseball-centric team, very stodgy baseball-centric league. Like, they wanted to be super serious. I don't think the West Coast League is nearly as serious. I could be wrong. I'm sure there are a handful of teams that are. But, you know, what can you do? Um, but, boy, what a what an absolute – that's – that's marketing at its finest, especially now in the internet age where that kind of, of, of publicity for free, impossible, absolutely impossible. It's just, it's not something that you can get without, you know, effort, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but just amazing. And, I, and if you're bored, free ad, the Portland Pickles. PortlandPicklesBaseball.com. Check it out. They're, even their merch is nice. I like their merch a lot. It's good. So go check it out. You'll you'll maybe like it or find it funny. I don't. And quite frankly, I don't fucking care. Either way, I enjoyed it. Well, it's now time for. Everyone's favorite part of the show. Close to the end. Right? I'd love to know how many people actually um, listen to the entirety of the pod. Right? I'm sure there are a few of my four listeners that uh, listen to the whole thing. And then I'd like to know how many of them stay awake throughout. Still waiting for my first voicemail from someone who's tripping balls while listening to the pod. If you or someone you know is interested in uh, eating mushrooms and listening to my podcast, please uh, do so. It would be fun. But this is what happens when I don't have, (laughs) when I'm not organized and when I don't get any content. Outside content, I should say. You get a crap episode. Oh, somebody already knows. Next week, uh, I will be on the road. Um, I will be away all week for work. Um, Not really looking forward to it, but at the same time, it is what it is. Um, And then... I'm going to take uh, a few days next weekend because my wife will be away next weekend at a bridal shower. So uh, yours truly is going to attempt to do a uh, a Blues Brothers uh, movie tour in the greater Chicagoland area. There are a handful of stops that I'm going to make um, in that area specific to the film. I've mentioned this before on the show a thousand times that I have seen the Blues Brothers a thousand times. It is uh, it brings me immense joy. I love it, um, and I'm very much looking forward to doing this. This is something that my wife would uh, not enjoy, uh, so I'm taking full advantage, and I'm going to do this. Uh, there's only really a handful of places that that are still, um, you know, around. And there's only a handful of places that were filmed within the area. So I've marked them off. First and foremost, uh, Juliet State Prison. Uh, The very beginning of the movie, when Jake is released and he he walks out, uh, the the door is open. Jake walks out. She caught the Katie. Like, I cannot wait to be on that street and take a picture of those doors. I am so, I am giddy with excitement. And it's going to get me through the entire week. Um, you know, hopefully things fall into place and something doesn't get fucked up. But, um, oh, I'm I'm so excited to go to, like, a few places <laughs> that were in this fucking movie from uh, 43 years ago. Or how long it was. 
42. I'm sorry. I think it was 1980. Yeah. Yeah. 42 years. Holy shit. Anyways, it is time. As it is Thursday. Uh, four, three gripes. Gripe number one. Uh, sniffly. Uh, hold on. All right, sorry about that. Whew. Suddenly had the <clears throat> bit of a runny nose there. All right, back to it. Hopefully you stuck through the, the hold music. Um, gripe number one, fast food companies, specifically uh, ones that love to talk about, quote, family, end quote. Not certain if you've seen the the commercial, but I've I've seen it multiple times. It was played ad nauseum during uh, Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, Applebee's. Here's the problem with Applebee's. Okay, one, their food isn't good. Two, they love to give the impression that it's something more than a place to go and enjoy two dollar. Uh, brood eye. You know, you know the Brutus, the uh, the happy hour special, the giant mug of beer, where they used to be two bucks. Um, they're probably not two bucks anymore, but you know, at one point, that's what it was. It was the place to go. And, oh, what else? Um, like fucking five dollar Long Island iced teas. Yeah, the Applebee's in North Quincy had that for a little bit, and boy, oh boy. There were a couple nights where I was really bored and was like, you know what? I'm going to go have some $5 Long Island iced teas at the Applebee's down the road. And I would hoof it. It uh, wasn't very far. But it was, you know, it was far enough that it was annoying that by the time I was, you know, done with my five, $5 Long Island iced teas, I'd be like, oh, fuck, now I'm going to walk home. But, you know. The, the amount of rot gut alcohol in those things was astounding. Astounding. Anyways. You know, instead of spending the money on these fake bullshit um, ad campaigns, why wouldn't they just put it into market research to make their food better? Find out what people like. Concentrate on that. Get rid of everything else. And then, you know, start developing product based on uh, the food that your people or your customers or your guests, whatever you want to call them, enjoy. Stop telling me that it's that Applebee's is the place where, you know, you take the entire Little League team or all the guys at the firehouse like to hang out there. <laughs> no, they don't. It's funny. Uh, my brother-in-law is a firefighter. And he happens to work across the street from Applebee's. I'm going to ask at some point uh, how many times the entire uh, gang has, has walked over to Applebee's and had a big dinner. Huh? I'm going to guess zero. Could be wrong. Who knows? It's just, it's so, it's just so fucking dumb. Stop pandering. Just tell us what you're good at. And if it happens to be cheap beer, go with it. The other commercial that really frosted my balls this weekend was that Taco Bell commercial with the fucking astrology angle. Where the girl cuts her burrito and the other girl's like, oh, those are some strong Libra vibes. What? It's a fucking burrito, ma'am. Who cares? Oh, I couldn't decide between this one or this one. Oh, that's some strong fucking, I don't know, Sagittarius vibes, whatever the fuck it, she said. I don't remember what the other sign was. I was, I actually had that written down, like Taco Bell commercial with the, with the Australian, with the astrology vibe, uh, and then astrology, because I, it's just something I don't get. 
Like, I know my sign. I know what it is. I know what it's supposed to mean. I just don't think that I fall into many of those categories. So I, I just think it's weird, but whatever. But this Taco Bell thing, again, who goes to Taco Bell? All right. <laughs> who goes to Taco Bell not knowing that they're going to have a, like a violent intestinal reaction afterwards? I would guess nobody, right? Taco Bell's fucking gross. I've said that a thousand times. I hate Taco Bell. Not a fan at all. I and I don't think I've had Taco Bell in, in God, I don't know. Ten years maybe. And I remember vividly in high school there was a Taco Bell. There still is a Taco Bell in Brockton. And in high school, this is now twenty-five plus fucking years ago. Uh, you know, we we us us suburbanites thought it would be like fun and cool to go to the Taco Bell in Brockton. And then I had, I was like, wow, this is it. This is fucking awful. So I've not liked Taco Bell for a very long time. And I seem to be in the minority. But like nobody goes to Taco Bell and has like a serious sit down, uh, you know, discussion over Taco Bell. Because nine times out of ten, the people that are going to Taco Bell go through the drive-thru uh, and are either already shit-faced or are going to be shit-faced. So please don't try to tell me that, uh, you know, eating Taco Bell is some sort of, uh, you know, an enlightened experience. It's, it's grade F dog food. Gripe number two. Companies that won't let you do everything online. This is uh, 2022, obviously. The internet is uh, absurdly vast and capable of so much. Yet, if I want to end my subscription to anything, not anything, but a lot of things, I have to make a phone call or actually visit a location. All these companies are doing is just hoping that people either forget or are lazier than I am and will just keep paying in perpetuity. I'm looking directly at you, Planet Fitness, for one. Uh, I had to send a certified letter to cancel my fucking membership. A certified letter. This is not 1970. This was a handful of years ago, so I don't know if it's changed, but... Um, I didn't go to the Planet Fitness very often, but still, you know, 10 bucks a month is 10 bucks a month. And I went there one day, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. So I, hey, how do I go ahead and, and uh, cancel? I need to cancel my membership. Oh, you have to send a certified letter. Uh, I'm sorry, what? I'm standing right here in front of you. I'm sorry, my manager is not here. Oh, fuck off. Anyways, I wanted to cancel a uh, newspaper subscription that I had. And uh, they're very coy about it. They tell you how long you're paid, and they charge you a week before um, your month is up. So you get fucked. So I went online to try to cancel said subscription. and said, nope, can't do it online. You have to call. So I called on Monday. Monday happened to be a holiday, so they, they weren't there. Call back. Tuesday, I call. I'm guessing there's literally one person answering the telephone at this location. Because I was on hold for a solid 30 minutes. Um, and I was like, I, I, I can't stay here. I have other shit to do. So now I'm going to have to call back multiple times to try to cancel this fucking thing. But I mean, I, don't, <clears throat> I mean, obviously it's a scam. Like they're trying to avoid people regularly and easily canceling their subscription when they can just you know keep fucking plowing you in the ass uh, if you forget. It's bullshit, and I don't see how it's legal. I mean, I, I, I assume that it's legal because they can, they say, oh, well, here's, here's the phone number. You can just call up. You can just call us. It'll be fine. No, nobody needs that anymore. We are long past having to do shit like that. We should be able to just, you know, go on the website, click, 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 done, end of, end of story. Fuck. Yeah, it's annoying, and I hate it. It drives me nuts. 
excuse me. All right. Gripe number three, interviews. Now, uh, I had an interview uh, a few weeks ago for a job that I did not apply for. Let me repeat. I did not apply for this job. Okay. A recruiter reached out by LinkedIn, uh, explained briefly what this particular role was, and I said, sure, okay, you know, but there's no harm in talking about it. Set up a time to talk. Now, uh, the the LinkedIn profile is fairly comprehensive, as I, I didn't change anything um, since back in the time when I was actively looking for work. However, this person acted as if uh, I was the one who had reached out, um, and and that you know the recruiter was coming at it as if they had no clue as to. Uh, what my work history was. Now, I understand if you want to just get a different idea other than what's on you know, or in the profile, that's fine. But I mean, uh, it, it should be, I can see that you were here or I can see that you did this. Talk to me about this. Talk to me about that. That's how, that's how the line of questioning should go. You know? It shouldn't be, tell me what you've done. Tell me where you are now. Okay, well, you know where I am now. You know what I did before. Don't play dumb. And the best part is when uh, this person at, uh, asked a question and said, so what prompted you to apply? Well, nothing. I didn't apply. You reached out to me. Oh, oh, oh. My assumption is that this person was probably interviewing, I don't know, 10 to 15 people a day, if not more. Um, so, I, you know, look, I can understand if things fall through the cracks. But, you know, shouldn't you be a tad more organized? And, and then, like, the whole, the general apathy throughout the entire process was evident. And after that question, I, I pretty much checked out, but... You know, we continued, and I, I was I was never asked um, specifics about previous role. It was like, hey, um, you know, tell me about what you did before. Okay, and so I you know, answer the question, and there was no follow-ups to any of them, which, if you've ever been in an interview, is not normal. Typically, there's some sort of follow-up. Oh, tell me about, you mentioned this. Tell me more about that. Well, you mentioned that. Tell me more about this. Whatever. I thought it was odd. Um, as in reality, my past experience, and uh, it, it lent itself well to this particular role in question. Or, or so I thought. Whatever. The kicker is that since then, I have received three rejection emails. Three In total, three. After the first one, I replied to the recruiter and I said, hey, um, I'd like to get a little bit of feedback here because I'm kind of curious as to what prompted specifically the decision uh, to, to reject my completely non-existent application. Because, again, you reached out to me. You didn't really get into the specifics of my background. Um you know, is there something specific that is is holding uh, this one probably amazing company from hiring me or from even uh, offering me a job? I don't know. <clears throat> and they basically came back. It was like, oh, no, I can't give you specifics. It's like, of course not, because this is bullshit. I mean, was I just filling? I might have just been filling a, a number, right? I wonder if this person just spent time on LinkedIn reaching out to a bunch of people, uh, going through the motions of a, a five to ten minute interview, and then logging it as an interview and calling it a day and getting paid for it. Wouldn't surprise me. But, you know, they obviously did not give a single fuck about, about me because, really, there was no background sort of uh, questioning. It was nothing 
that they could have asked <clears throat> that was uh, that would have been relevant information to help them make a decision. So it's weird. And look, uh, a friend of the show, my Aussie friend Evan, is a recruiter. My I'm going to go ahead and guess that Evan is very prepared every time he picks up the phone and talks to somebody. It's just my guess. Um, but man, if you're trying to hire somebody for a job, wouldn't you be a tad more ready? Wouldn't you be uh, a tad more uh, organized? You would, right? Yeah, of course you would. So, you know, interviews as a whole are fucking annoying and stupid anyway. <clears throat> I can't stand them. I've never liked them. Um, you know, especially now where you, 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 you don't go to an interview anymore. Everything's over Zoom. Everything. I mean, now it's funny. If you do one over the phone, you're like, oh, this one, this one kind of sucks. If you do one over the phone, if you do a Zoom one, you know, obviously there's a little bit more effort put into it. You kind of have to present yourself uh, as a normal looking person, even if you're wearing PJs from the waist down. But man, it has to be much harder now uh, to hire people when you don't you don't get that face to face that physical vibe. You don't get that like uh, body language does not exist. Like you have to be. Like I would imagine, if you're inter interviewing somebody via Zoom, you have to somehow uh, like really key into their face, right? And if you're trying to take notes and and stuff like that, it's gonna be tough. It might make sense to like record it, then go back and watch it and take notes. That might make more sense. No, hmm. I don't know. I'm thinking way too into this. Anyways, um, that's it for the program. A real dog shit this week. So uh, do with that as you may. But thank you as always for listening. If, if you manage to get this far, you're a better person than I am. Uh, but as I asked last week, I asked kindly. Not so much in jest like I usually do, but I'm asking kindly and seriously to tell your friends. Tell your family. I'm trying to get some more people. And again, if you know someone who wants to be on the show, if you want to be on the show, reach out. Let me know. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. I'm trying to set set up another uh, a soccer conversation with my friends uh, Al and Ian. Uh, that'll be a you know a side episode for for my soccer fans. Uh, in the audience, of, of which there are a few, but still, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, that'll be uh, maybe next week, maybe the week after. Who knows? We'll see. But um, you can go to the uh, Instagram page, at ComplaintsPod. You can come to the, the Twitter page, at ComplaintsPod, and check out all my dumb tweets and all my dumb Twitter beefs with various uh, Southern hockey fans, which is fucking weird. Um, I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I don't do anything with. Uh, I have a Twitch page that I've done nothing with thus far. Uh, I have a TikTok page. You can go to Complaints Talk, T-O-K. Check that out. Uh, nothing has happened there. Uh, I'm, I'm in the process of planning um, what would be my second TikTok. My first one was terrible, but um, I'm planning a second one. It'll be wholly unoriginal, but uh, hopefully, uh, you know, timely at the very least. We'll see. Um, what else do I have? Uh, you can call the voicemail line, 617-657-4736. You can go to the website, complaintsandobservations.com. You can check out the blog every Friday. Last Friday's blog contained um, uh, the trailer for the new Fraggle Rock, which I am very much uh, looking forward to. Check that out. Um, what else do I have? Send me an email, show mail, at complaints and observations. You can check it out. If you join the email list, I'll send out one email every uh, 52 days. Um, you can go to the merch store. You can buy some merch. Yeah, you know, get a bunch of crap. But, uh, yeah, check it out. And, and again, please tell your friends. Let I, I, you know spread the word about uh, the kind of podcast that you can put on in the background 
um, and not have to pay attention to it. I think last week I said it was good to 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 clean your bathroom too. Yeah, that one, that's not bad. I suddenly feel like crap. Some of them. Not ideal, not ideal. But that'll do. Thank you as always. Um, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.